Hello and welcome to my podcast, Breadcrumbs. This is your host, Ashley, aka Ash Kitten. And um, thank you for listening. And if you are not a subscriber, hope you like the content. Um, it's very organic and I just say what's on my mind and what I feel. I kind of have some key points, you know, already pre-planned, but I don't have a script or anything that I go off of. I just talk freely, give advice, things like that. So if you'd like, subscribe. Um, Hopefully you like what you hear. And thank you for listening right now and taking the time to listen to me. So let's get started. Okay, so um, a little bit of an update with me. I I had all my kids here except for one because one was at... um, Christian summer camp, and it uh, is about a week long. So I had the other four kids for a week, and as you know, I have um, my youngest with me 24-7, so she was with me, and then the other three, besides the oldest, came over. And I spent the whole week, well, I spent about three days trying to un- uh, unbrainwash them what is it called like getting them um I don't know what the word is deprogram I was deprogramming my own children because they didn't even want to be around me and it's sad because like every experience I've ever had with them you know has always been positive we've never had any really negative experiences but it's a wonder that you know, someone can have so much influence over children that it changes the way that they think and manipulates their minds into hating someone, especially their own mother. And I've never done anything to hurt them, you know. So um, the good news is my 14-year-old has actually started opening her eyes and becoming more aware of it. And she um, she notices the things from him that are not consistent. She's noticing like the broken promises, the manipulations. She's old enough to kind of um, see past that and see what I was seeing in the relationship um, when I was with him and the jealousy even and things like that. Like he's jealous of anything and everything, even his like even his own kids, uh, mother you know, which is me, he doesn't want them to love me because for some reason, if they loved me, then they would love him less. And so I don't know how that makes any sense, but in his mind, he really justifies getting them to hate me because um, that means that they can love him more. And I I just don't get it. I really don't understand that mentality. Because I tell my children that I want you to have a relationship with your dad. I want you to love your dad. And I also want you to have a relationship with me. And I want you to love me. And, um, you know, even though me and your dad aren't together, we both love you guys very, very, very much. And um, I don't talk bad about him. That's the number one thing. If you are with, um, or if, you, if you were with someone, even if you hate their guts, If you have children together, no matter what, I don't care if that person is a crackhead. I don't care if that person's in prison. I don't care if that person murdered somebody. You don't talk trash about their parent in front of them. And I'm still even serious if they murdered somebody. Like, I don't don't care what it is. You don't allow them to, um, like, if you have custody of them, then obviously your morals and values are being instilled into them. Um, I'm still working on that because I don't have them. It's not that I don't have custody. We have shared custody, but basically whoever is in possession of them has them, and they're in school over there, and basically he's... They want to be over there. So even if I brought them over here, which I had started, I did try that, but they were miserable because he had made it seem like you know, that was their home, and they just were crying every day, I want to go home, I want to go home, I want to go home. Um, well, actually, the the truth is they were having fun over here, but then um, when he would video chat them, 
about five minutes after video chat, they would break down and say, I want to go home. And it was just really hard. I couldn't, I couldn't get them out of that mindset. And I didn't, my kid, it was just, it was hard. It was really hard looking my kids in the face and saying, I don't want to live here. I want to live with my dad. That's where my school is. That's where my family or my friends are. And he can sit, my kids just consider him as family. It's weird because I feel like that mentality was pushed onto them by him. Because he says that all to, um, always to me on the phone and stuff. He's like, I'm their family. You're just their mother. They live here. I'm their family. And it, that's not true because I'm also technically and biologically family. So all these warped perceptions he's giving them. Um, another one is I'm their mother, not their mom, because I don't live with them, so I don't take care of them. And a mom is one who takes care of their children. And a mother just contributes to their being born. Um, those types of things that he puts in their head, it, it's really damaging. And I'm, I'm really, it's hard, it's really hard for me. It's really hard because I don't talk trash about him, but then at the moment that... You know, it's not, it's helping me out in the long run because they're going to see the truth and they're going to see, you know, they're going to figure it out. And of course, I just, I don't like talking trash about people. I feel like it's just not right. You know, there's no point in it. And they're going to figure out what kind of person he is regardless. But at the moment, it just makes him look even better to, you know, to them. Like he talks all this trash about me and I don't talk trash about him, so he's the good guy, I'm the bad guy, in their minds, until they figure out that that's not the case. And it's just really hard, and um, I'm venting to you guys, as well as, sh I, like, I have, you know, I have points that I'm going to share and stuff in this, but um, I remember that I had um, somebody message me and say, like, what do you do to keep the positivity in the worst of the worst situations. For me, this is the worst of the worst. Like, for others, it may be something different. But when your kids literally, like, actually hate you and you did nothing, like, literally nothing wrong. Nothing. You love them and you want to care for them and hold them. And they just are, they don't even tell you that they love you. It's really hard. Oh, I'm sorry. I told my um, eight-year-old that I love him, and he just shrugged, and I hugged him, and he pushed me off of him, and then sometimes when I hug him, he just curls up, like, he, he pulls his arms in and kind of, like, pulls his shoulders up and his neck in like a turtle, like he doesn't want me touching him, and it hurts because he never did anything to deserve that. And it really just sucks that he's putting all these things in their heads. So it took about three days for deprogramming. Um, meaning that they they didn't want to come over. Uh, he wanted a break, quote unquote. So he met a new girl and he wants to spend time with her. So that's, he normally doesn't let me see them. Uh, especially all at once like that. So... Um, and the only reason the other, the oldest wasn't there is because of camp. So, um, he had no kids with him and it was so that way he could go out, you know, have a weekend with this girl that he wants to date who has a boyfriend, but he's like friends with the boyfriend or something. And he's trying to snake the girl away from him. I don't know. It's just all drama to me, but I don't care as long as she doesn't take the place of me in that household, which the last girlfriend that he had did. And I wasn't able to see or talk to um, four of my kids, which he has, for four months because that's about how long their relationship lasted. And immediately upon them dating, she moved in and um, he made her call, he made them call her mom and basically said that's your mom she takes care of you she lives with you that's your mom and so they're just really confused about what family is and and how I feel about them and the things that he's telling them um they think he's the best dad at the world no matter what he does 
and they don't see like the things that make him a bad parent he lets them stay up till whenever so in their book that's major points you know but you can't have a kid stay up till five o'clock in the morning playing video games it's bad for them and I look like the bad guy because when they're over here and it's summer so like I wasn't like Hitler I let them stay up to like 11 11 30 and and that to me that's kind of late like I don't even like staying up that late but you know it's like 11 lay down at 11 kind of maybe like watch some videos on your tablet and then at 11 30 lights off everything off on the summer in the if it were um school time like my youngest is starting school here because she's with me and um I'm um I'm going to be you know implementing a bedtime she's five so her bedtime is going to be 8 30 I want her um, ready to learn and just really um, focused on school like lay down at like 11 tablet time till like 8 30 um, some people think that's way too early my bedtime when I was five was like seven o'clock it was still light outside I'd be like why is the sun still up and I have to go to bed and it didn't damage me at all and I mean no matter like no matter how much sleep I got, I was always, I never had refreshing sleep. I think that's why my parents set my bedtime so early because they thought that because I was tired all the time, I wasn't getting enough sleep, but it's because of, you know, what's going on with me and they just didn't really think to notice, you know, that, but anyway, with my kids, um, it's just, it's just really, really hard. And this is the hardest thing that I've ever gone through. And it took about three days to get them, like, kind of, I don't know, I would say, I'm saying deprogrammed, because it really is, like, a program that what he's doing is, like, just filling their heads with all these false ideas and false thoughts, and, um, and they're just plain not true, um, because I left him, and, you know, left him in a relationship, I left him, he tells the kids that I ran out on them, but I've always been in their lives and I have hundreds of pictures to show it during the four months when he wouldn't allow me to see them. Um, there, you know, there was a lot of problems there. I was trying to like figure out like, what am I going to do if this takes any longer? Obviously, like, you know, I was trying to take legal action, but they broke up. So, and I can't really afford a lawyer, so I was just trying to go about it myself. Um, my sister should have been a lawyer because she was, like, printing out paperwork with me and trying to figure out, like, what I need to petition and stuff like that. So, like, it was really cool, like, you know, having her help me because I would, I would not even know what, what to do. Like, just go to the, like, isn't there a way I could just go talk to a judge and be like, can you help me? This is the situation, but apparently there's like a bunch of other stuff you have to do. But anyway, before that even went through, his girlfriend left him um, because she said he's abusive and narcissistic. And uh, so obviously that's what I went through. So I know that like no matter what, he's, it's gonna, his pattern's going to continue. He's not going to end up in a real relationship, which... My kids are going to just see, you know, constantly girls coming through and leaving, coming through and leaving. And um, he's hooked on this new girl. And I mean, I think it's bad morals that my kids know that the girl has a boyfriend and he talks to them about things like he's like, um, he talks to them about personal things, which I think is uh, very wrong to do. I mean, the ages are um, over there. My youngest boy is eight and turning nine soon in August but he's eight right now and then my 11 year old son and then my 14 year old daughter and 15 year old son they all live with him and the older ones I think it's still wrong some people may disagree with me on that but the eight and 11 year old should not be hearing about like him getting drunk and telling her her that he loves her in front of her boyfriend. I mean, things like that. Like, you just shouldn't talk about stuff like that. Like, that's too personal. I mean, yes, he wants to give the girl, but my kids know that he has. Bo she has a boyfriend, and so they th they're gonna think that's okay. And long term, like this, their fiance, like 
you know, engaged and stuff. Like, it's a long-term thing. But he works with her, and he's acclimated the kids to her already. Um, she, for some reason, invited my 11-year-old to spend the night with her and her fiancé, but they don't have any kids. So isn't that weird? Like, I find that just, like, awkward and weird. And my son is actually spending the night over there tonight. And, which they live in the same apartment complex. But it's just weird. Like, who has a child spend the night at their house unless they're family? Or they have kids. Like, obviously, playdates and such. But it's just weird. And my kid wanted to. Like, he didn't want to come over here. But he wanted to spend the night over there because... My ex is filling their head with lots of things about how great of a girl she is. And I'm not saying anything bad against her. She probably is a great girl. She's probably wonderful. I have no idea. I hope that she has a better head on her shoulders than the last girlfriend because the last girlfriend was um, involved in things that were um, immoral and um, against the law. So it, it, hopefully this girl is, you know, better. But... It's just the way he's going about it, I think, is wrong. And it's just putting, you know, a bad impression on my kids. Um, and it just, it just really hurts, like, the way that my kids think about me and then can think about somebody they just met as, like, the best person in the world. And it's all because of the programming that he's doing. So I know that I'm not the only one. I know that there's a lot of people out there. And it's funny because this, I'm actually... A lot of people have told me this. I'm in, I'm the guy in this situation because normally it's the husband that leaves or gets kicked out or whatever. Um, and the woman, you know, has issues with the man and then she back talks bad about the kids. It doesn't matter, like, if the dude cheated. It doesn't matter what the situation is. I never cheated. I was abused by him. That's why I left. But it doesn't matter why you left. Um or got kicked out, or whatever, that's between you and the other adult. The kids should never be brought into it. The kids have nothing to do with that. They should think both of their parents are amazing because that's what's going to make them healthy. As they get older, they're going to observe for themselves. Like if your ex is a bad person, they're going to observe that. You you should try to get custody. Like if I had custody of my kids right now, I would not. I still would not be talking bad about him to them and trying to turn them against him. Um, no matter what, you just shouldn't do that. But I would fill them up and instill morals into them to the point where they would start noticing the immoral behavior that he's producing and they would make their own judgments on their own as they got older. So I would tell them he loves you. I would, you know, I wouldn't make up lies like, you know, saying he's paying child support when he's not. But I also wouldn't involve the children in those conversations because it's not their business. They just, they, they need to, in order to have a normal foundation, they need to love both parents up until a certain point. And then, and I feel like you should always love your parents. Like I right now have, um, you know, some issues going on with my own mom, but I love her. And, um, it's not that I don't love her. It's that she, um, has done some things to me that um, are negative and I cannot be around that right now. The negative environment would just, it's just toxic. So, but I love her and I tell her that I love her. Um, I just don't hang around her. And I was hanging around her before this um, in small spurts, like, you know, seeing her once a week or once a month Sometimes it got to be once a month because it was just hard to deal with. But um, she she just got to be too negative for my situation and attack uh, words, using words to hurt me um, on purpose if something wasn't the way she wanted, you know, like low blows. You know, and I, I just can't handle that. I'm not in a in a situation where I'm filled with enough positivity right now to handle those low blows. So, um, especially what's going on with my kids. And especially when that is the low blow that you use on me. So, 
I'm just going to stay, I'm going to stay positive, but the whole thing is, um, how I'm going to stay positive. And the thing is, um, there's always light at the end of the tunnel. My kids are going to figure it out. I'm not going to talk trash about their dad. And I didn't while they were here. I didn't say, oh, your dad's a liar. He just fills you up with lies and did it like, cause I could have probably turned it back around on him. You know, if I wanted to, if I really wanted to be manipulative enough. But I didn't because I don't want to damage their psyche. That's this terrible. That's what he's doing to them. And they're going to realize that. It may take years. My oldest actually did. She realized it and she started just really questioning things. And she's a very curious person. And she was like, this doesn't make sense and that doesn't make sense. One of the, one of the accusations against me um, from him is that I'm an alcoholic. And... Um, that's a harsh accusation. That's a very harsh accusation because I had alcoholics in my family and uh, it affected me. And I don't drink alcohol. Not, and actually for two reasons. One, um, and I have nothing against people who drink alcohol. I don't judge. But I personally don't do it um, because I actually am intolerant to alcohol. And he knows that. And he thinks that it's like fake or it's a lie. It has something to do with my condition. For some reason, like I can't metabolize alcohol um, as quickly as other people. So a very small amount can give me alcohol poisoning because it doesn't metabolize. So, um, so I don't drink for specifically for that reason. Because if it if I didn't have that, I'd probably drink occasionally, like New Year's or like out with friends every once in a while or something. I don't like the taste of alcohol. That's another another reason that I don't drink. Like I don't even drink a little bit because I just don't like the taste of it. And I have never. But I also get violently sick and just off of a little bit. So why would I want to do that to myself? Um, but if that were removed, if it didn't, if it tasted fine, or if I, even if like it made me feel good, and I didn't have, I wasn't intolerant to it. I would drink every once in a while, you know, like with friends or just have, you know, a drink with a friend or have a beer every once in a while to like, you know, just chill out. But the fact is that I don't and I can't. So somehow my kids think that I do all the time. And it's because of things that he says, like if I'm on the phone with him and I disagree with him in any way or something, he's like, you sound drunk. You're slurring your words and you just, you're absolutely drunk or, and he gets people to think that. And I, it's, it's, it's so weird. It's just like living in the twilight zone with one of the most manipulative people in the world. It, to me anyway, maybe not in the world because, you know, there's Hitler, but he, he's able to convince things, people of things that are not true. And they go along with it and they believe it. Like, before my kids left, um, I made, because I made dinner for them. Um, they had, he had to pick them up at like three, but I made dinner for them really early because they don't eat over there. And um, his idea of them eating is like splitting a cereal box with no milk, like taking buying a cereal box and them lasting all day eating cereal. And then if they complain, he'll order like, um, Chinese food and then that'll last them like three days or something like he doesn't fill the house with groceries and um, Really it really bothers me my kids, you know, they're really happy to eat here That's one of the parts of the deprogramming. I was like slowly like doing things You know to show them That I'm a normal mom. I mean normal moms feed their kids regular food you know it was funny because my son was like, yes, finally, not fast food. And most kids love fast food. My kids don't. They keep telling me, like, they're sick of fast food because he'll, like, just go pick up something, you know, like burgers or nachos Belgrande. Actually, my kids say that they've been living on nachos Belgrande for, like, two weeks, that he constantly gets some nachos Belgrande and has been, like, every other day for, like, two weeks, and they're sick of it. And um, that's all he gets. And it's like once a day. And they're supposed to just kind of like munch on that all day. And I 
I'm hesitant on calling DCF because I know that how manipulative he is and he's on dialysis. So he's going to use that. He's going to be like, one time I got fast food and she's trying to take my kids away from me and I can't prove anything. He's He's going to... He's got the kids thinking, you know, to be on his side. So if DCF were to ask them anything, he w- they would lie. They would lie for him. And he would tell them to. And they would think that's okay because they would think lie or get taken away from my dad. And it's just things like that. Like, I can't do anything about it, you know. I don't have any solid proof. Although they, you know, they tell me these things, I can't prove it because I can't get them to... Um, they wouldn't they wouldn't admit it to like the cops or anything so there's literally like nothing I can do about it right now anyway I mean I'm working on legally pursuing custody and uh, finishing with the divorce because we're not actually fully divorced and um, just you know that's where I'm at and I want to get I want to get through it and um, and it's just, it's hard. My light at the end of the tunnel is so I know it's not going to be like this forever. And it was really comforting seeing my daughter wake up. Like, she was, like, telling me, you know, Dad doesn't keep his promises. And, um, and, you know, and of course, I, I still didn't talk trash about her dad. I just said, I'm glad you're learning to observe the truth. I'm glad you're learning to make decisions for yourself. And not believe what other people are telling you. And I even told her, no matter what, don't believe anything anybody says unless it proves with their actions. If their actions match their words, then believe them. And I said, even me. If my actions don't match my words, don't believe me. But I promise you that my actions match up to my words because that's the person that I am. And she would, you know, she would say, yeah, I've never seen you lie to me or anything like that. And she's like, I used to hate you. Because dad just kept saying that you abandoned us and you didn't love us and you didn't see us for a long time. So I thought you didn't want to see us. And I was like, honey, I was not allowed to see you. And I was trying and I couldn't get in contact with him because he changed his number. And then his new number I finally got because I like hounded all of his friends. And finally one felt bad enough for me to give me his number. And then it blocked my number. So we could, I was just like, I just want to see my kids. I don't want to fight with you. I just want to see my kids. I just want to hear their voice. I just want to talk to them. And so he did let me talk to them. But when I did, they didn't want to talk to me. When I finally was able to talk to them, they were like, don't talk to me. And they hung up on me. I don't want to talk to you. I don't care. I don't love you. He said those things to me, my own kids. And that was my eight-year-old. And at the time, he was like seven. I think, well, no, it was like, it was, no, it was still eight. This is the beginning of this year. Um, but it's just, it's just hard, you know. And a lot of people go through this. And it's usually the men that go through this, not the women. Because somehow he got the kids and the place to live and everything. But I didn't see any other way. I just, I didn't know how to do it. With getting taking the kids and making him leave, I didn't know how to fix. I didn't know how to do it, and I tried living there with him, but being separated, and he was just brutal. It was so brutal. He's he was so mean, and he knows what buttons hurt me. And he was still he was still turning my kids against me while I was living there. They were making jokes at my expense while I was living there, and I was just a big joke. And um. They, they were on his side, you know. I had to work late, and he would convince them that I was, you know, with out partying and stuff, and kids just know what they're told. They don't know anything else, so they believed that. And um, I was working at Best Buy, and toward, like, a certain time of year, which is the, um, the Black Friday event, you get a lot of overtime because you have to work to get, you know, all the stuff prepared. And that's what I was doing. And I was I was staying out till like 1 in the morning. But it was to get a lot of stuff done. And it was everybody. And I was, 
I was even like, because he believed that too. So I was like, look, I will Snapchat you the room I'm in at work. And it's, it's like, I'll Snapchat you like pictures of the computers and stuff. Like, this is where I'm at. I'm not lying about where I'm at. There's no club music going on. And I can't like edit videos on Snapchat, like to make, change the background or anything. Like, I'm really, I'm really here. And for some reason, he would just be like, well, you were there right then, but I, how do I know you didn't do that just to prove it to go? And then I would do it again. I don't, I don't know if he really believed it or if he was just trying to like, just, just be mean. I don't know. But the thing is, we weren't even together. We were living together and not even together. And I was still responsible. I mean, for making sure that I, you know, told him everything that I was doing it was so much control and I just had to get out and I'm glad that I did. Um, I've never talked trash even on here about him. I don't talk trash about him. But I do feel like sharing my story because a lot of people go through that, you know, that abuse. And they, they don't think that they have anybody who knows how they feel. And if you ever want to talk about it and you have gone through that, I... I know how you feel, and um, I'm going through that right now, and um, he's he's on dialysis for kidney failure, and uh, which makes it, it makes it harder because he looks more like the victim in every situation. Like, how could you yell at somebody who's dying? And though he keeps saying that he's dying and everything, like. He also changes it up and every once in, like, every once in a while is like, um, says, you know, his kidneys are functioning so well that he may, they told him that, you know, he's doing better than anybody who's ever been on dialysis in the history of ever. Um, and he's, his kidneys are going, starting to function on their own and he's going to be off dialysis in a year. But then like a few days later, he tells me that he's dying and, you know, that how could I be upset or mean to somebody who's dying and I'm not mean I never it's crazy because I'd never say anything bad to him or about him and it's always about the kids I always just try to communicate about the kids and it's always him turning everything around on me and it's really difficult to have a conversation with someone like that it's so difficult because I'm positive I'm always positive and and he um after they went back, because they went back yesterday, he accused me of, like, talking bad about them, or talking bad about him in front of them, and said that they came back with attitudes, and that they were, you know, they were, they were uh, disrespectful to him and stuff, and the fact of the matter is, they're always disrespectful. They are kind of out of control at this point. They, ad admittedly, my younger kids, besides my five-year-old, she lives with me and she doesn't know what curse words are, but my other ones, they cuss and they um, shoot the bird. And I mean, we're talking about like an eight-year-old, like an eight and 11-year-old. Like I get it. My 15-year-old has probably been exposed to that, but he wasn't even here. He was at camp, but, um, and my 14-year-old has been exposed to that. Um, but she actually didn't cuss while she was here. She was very respectful. But my kids, like, they were telling me, no, I don't have to do that. I was like, can you please pick up your after yourself, you know, your plate, your paper plate? Can you throw it in the trash after you ate? No, I'm not doing that. You do that. That's your job. How, how is that okay? And I have no way to discipline them, you know. Like, I, I did. Like, I told them no devices and I... I couldn't even take away the uh, controller because I didn't want to physically fight my kid for it because he took it and I was like, please give it to me. And then I tried to grab it out of his hands and he was like ready to physically fight me over it. So I let go. And so I turned off the Wi-Fi and <laughs> he wasn't happy about that. But like, I, um, I don't, I don't know what to do in this situation. I'm just being positive, I'm giving it to God, and, um, I'm a human, like y'all, you know, I go through stuff, 
and um, I'm at my lowest low right now, but I'm still staying positive. And I was talking about that last time, like what to do to stay positive. And it's funny because I actually listened to my own podcast to get advice from myself because I was like so overwhelmed by everything that I was literally like, I don't know what to do. And then I was like, wait a minute, I, I told everyone else what to do. I, I do know what to do. I just don't know at this moment because your brain gets so clogged up with, you know, what's going on. And then you can't even think. So just listen to my podcast. I was like, that's true. That's true. That's true, and it helped me a lot. So I actually helped myself with my podcast. <laughs> so funny. Um, but it, it was it was um, interesting having them here. So the deprogramming consisted of feeding them regular food instead of crappy food, them actually eating three meals plus two snacks in a day, um, they were here for like a week, so they were eating regularly every day. Um, accustoming them to an actual bedtime instead of just whenever. The problem about them staying up whenever, even in summer. Like I know parents are going to disagree with me like it's summer, there's no school. But you got to think about like their mental health too. It's not just about like going to school and absorbing what they learn and stuff. It's also like through the day, you have an Arcadian, Arcadian rhythm. Your, your body produces chemicals in your brain during the day and then at night. And that's why you get tired right, at a certain time. If you've gotten yourself accustomed to a certain sleep schedule, you get sleepy at a certain time. And that's because um, it's the oxy, I think it's oxytocin. No, I'm not. It's serotonin and oxytocin, but I, I can't remember which is which now. I think serotonin, no, it's melatonin that is produced in your brain that makes you go to sleep. Serotonin keeps you awake. Um, pretty sure, but either way, I'm, I can't even think straight right now. Probably brain fog, but I I know what happens during the day. You have day chemicals pumping through your brain. And at night, you have another chemical pumping through your brain that puts you to sleep. If you mess with that Arcadian rhythm, you're messing with the chemicals in your brain, and that can have a lot of bad side effects. Every once in a while, kids staying up all night is fine. Like all-nighters or whatever, like uh, sleep-ins or lock-ins. I used to have those when I was little, like uh, getting locked into a skating ring all night and uh, staying up all night once in a while. But literally staying up all night till 5 o'clock in the morning playing video games and then not getting up till like 2 or 3 in the afternoon and then repeating is such a bad thing for a kid. And sometimes my kids sleep like till like 5 in the evening and then get up and then start their day and um, that's probably why they're only eating once a day because they're they don't even get up till like dinner time and to him that's like oh yay they're only hungry like you know during that time you know what I mean like they're only they're not eating I don't have to feed them three meals because they're waking up at like between three and five but it's not okay it's not it's not a good parent to do that. Um, so they hated me for the bedtime thing. It was like hard. But I think as they got used to it, I like after the third day, it was a lot easier. They said, okay, they gave me a hug, you know, before bed. And um, although I like had to ask for it. But, you know, it, they still did it. And um, on like the third day, my kids kind of, they we had fun. We played giant checkers. I bought giant checkers for us to play. Um, we played, a, uh, what is the name of those things? Beyblade. They like, they like these little things that you pull the gadget. The It's like got a slide thing and you pull it out. And then it, ma it makes these little toys spin. And they they spin in a like tub type, type of thing. And then they fight each other because they're spinning into each other. It's like a game the kids are playing. I don't know. But they liked those. So they, we played that. And um, and we talked about things. And we, um, I, you know, helped. I straightened my daughter's hair. And, like, we, we were all bonding and everything. And it was good. It was really good. Um, toward, like, 
toward the end, they were just hugging me willingly and saying they like it here and they're happy. And one of them even said, like, I don't even know why I didn't want to come because I had to force one of them in the house. And I don't like physically putting my hands on my kids. Like, I had to basically walk him forcibly into the house. Like, I didn't pick him up or anything, but I was, like, standing behind him with my arms around him and walking. And he had no choice but to walk or drag his legs, and he chose to walk, so... And I, I like, I even hate that. I don't even like doing that. But it's the only way I could get him in the house. I couldn't leave him out there and just, you know, to be out there. Not, just It just sucks. It just really, really sucks. So this is my low of lows. And you guys, um, I'm always, like, positive and, like, upbeat. And I'm venting to you guys because this is, I'm sharing with you guys my low low that I've, lowest I've had in a long time except for those four months that I I just couldn't deal I was I was very upset that he wouldn't let me see them but I'm also sharing with you guys that I'm gonna get through it I'm gonna stay positive I'm gonna stay positive affirmations I'm going to um, look at the light at the end of the tunnel because it's not always gonna be like this and the truth is they're gonna see what kind of a person he is and they're going to know that I've always been there, even though he says that I haven't. I've always been there. And anytime they need me, I I help them in any way, shape, or capacity. Um, like today, um, I was video chatting with my daughter, whose eyes are finally opened to the situation. So now she's actually talking to me every day. Um, my other kids are not at that point yet. They, like, I'm like, oh, can I talk to, um, you know, so-and-so? And they're, they're like... I don't, I don't want to talk to you. I'm playing video games. I'm busy. And, like, they're right there. Like, they could talk while playing video games, but it's, it's whatever. But my daughter, she's going to camp. Um, so, actually, she's already there right now because she left about an hour ago. So, she's probably, or, well, like, two hours ago. She left. She's probably there right now. And, um, so... I'm kind of excited for her about that because uh, she really, really was excited about camp. This is her third time going, but, like, it's just, camp is just an awesome experience. And I'm very happy that she's gone. But she was talk she talked to me um, last night and then this morning. And um, so we're actually, like, discuss you know, talking with each other. Um, but I heard in the background one of my, like, I guess my ex bought cereal for them to eat and snack on all day and one of them ate all the cereal because my uh, youngest son ate all the cereal and so my 11 year old was complaining getting mad and like almost fist fighting my eight-year-old so I was like what tell me what you have in the fridge he's like mustard um ketchup packets because you know they eat a lot of fast food so look they have like little sauces and stuff like that in the fridge um, and peanut butter, and I was like, okay, peanut butter, do you have milk? He's like, yeah, we have milk. I was like, okay, milk, anything else? He's like, no. I was like, what else is in the fridge? Like, take a picture of your fridge and send it to me. So it was like literally just the milk and the peanut butter was in the pantry. So I was like, okay, we can do something with that. You take ice, put it in the blender, because I know they have a blender, because I've been over there, put it in the blender Put milk in the blender and put peanut butter in it and you've got a peanut butter smoothie. Do that. And so, like, I I want them to eat healthy. If that's the healthiest thing you have, sucks, you know? But I, want, I don't want them to starve, not eat. So that's the advice that I gave them. But I, I feel like, you know, as time goes on, they're going to look at things like that. And you say, mom really does care about us. She wants us to be happy. She does love us. She does care about us and our well-being. And, you know, kids being up all night is not the right thing to do. And even if, even if when they're adults, they realize it. Because I realized, you know, that having a 7 o'clock, 7.30 bedtime when I was younger. It was, no, it was like 7. It was 7 o'clock because the sun was still out. And, um... It didn't kill me. It didn't hurt me. That's that's not the worst of my childhood. Although they think I'm the, the Hitler. 
for, you know, 11, 11, 30 bedtime, um, as they get older, they'll realize that that's, you know, normal and, and hopefully, you know, before they become an adult and a parent themselves, but, um, I just don't want my kids to be bad people, you know, I feel like he's raising bad, bad people, he's turning them into him, and that scares me, because I just, I want to, I want to fill the world with love, light, and positivity, and I can't even, I can't even do that my own, with my own kids, you know, they're not, they're not, um, being instilled with morals and values. And the funny thing is, the really awkwardly funny thing is, he is a pastor in training. And they go to church every Sunday. And it's weird. It's just that they don't have any morals whatsoever. You know, like stealing and lying and cussing and, and just like, doing whatever you want, hating your mom, like, being, oh, and they're also racist, my kids, um, because he is, and so I heard them say some things that were just flat out inappropriate, and I was like, you can't, you can't talk like that, um, number one, would God really want you to talk badly like that about people, I mean, no matter what people you're talking about, it doesn't matter, race or color you could be talking about any people you just don't talk bad about people and you shouldn't judge people because of the color of their skin that makes absolutely no sense um i, I just don't get racism i don't i it, i can't wrap my head around it it's very bizarre that people could think that way it just it it bothers me but it bothers me that my kids are being instilled with that and um, they think I'm stupid because I don't believe that way. And they their values are coming from him. And if I had a way, I would scoop them up. I don't have my own place right now. But I, if I did, I would scoop them up and just deprogram them and do the right thing and raise them myself. And I would still let them see him. I would never take their father away from them. From them but I would also implement values into them so they knew that the way he thought was wrong the way that his perspective and his way in the his actions in his words are wrong but I would still say you need a relationship you still need to have a relationship with your father he's your father but don't act like him but um I'm not that at that point yet. Maybe one day I'll soon, hopefully, I'll get my own place and I'll get a lawyer. And um, hopefully it won't be too late. But the, the light at the end of the tunnel is what's keeping me going. I'm also staying really positive about my five-year-old because she's with me and she's so amazing and wonderful. Starting school coming up and she's not going to have the same problems as them because she's with me. Now, um... She was going over there and spending time over there, because uh, that's her dad, you know. But she, at a very young age, is noticing the behaviors, and that's because I'm instilling values in her. So she, she knows what lies are, and she knows that lying is wrong, and she knows um, breaking promises are wrong, and um, you know many promises. I mean, every once in a while, a person sometimes gets locked into something and life happens, you know, like, you can't help some things in life. But if you're like, I promise, and then you break your promise, and then I promise, and I break, you break your promise, then kids really lock into that, you know, especially if they're being brought up with the right way. With my other kids, I don't know how, I mean, he breaks so many promises to them, and they still cling to him because they don't know any better and he also manipulates it and he's like well the reason why I'm not going to is because you talked back to me but he allows them to talk back to him and um he allows them to talk back to me um I don't allow that I still have no way of disciplining them but I tell them what I think and 
it doesn't do anything. And I tell them, you know, they need a heart check. This is what I tell Halen if she does something that I feel is questionable. And I'm like, you need to check your heart. Is that a good, is it, is it in a good place right now? Are, are you making good decisions? And if she knows it's wrong, she'll say, no, you're right, mommy. I want a good heart. And that makes me happy, you know? I tell that to my other kids and they're like, you're effing stupid. Like, that's the difference in the way he's raising them and the way I'm raising my youngest. And as they get older, they're going to see, you know, they're going to see it. But I just don't want them following the, a wrong path, a path of drugs or a path of abuse or path of alcohol, path of violence, path of jail. Those are all in my kids' future for sure if I don't get custody of them. And I, I really, I've got to figure out a way. I just, that's what I need to do. If anybody has any ideas to help me, um, you know, I was thinking about starting a GoFundMe or finding a way to talk to lawyers that do pro bono work or something. I've got to figure out how to fight this because I just, my kids live in that house and then and I know like you could suggest DVAX but I'm telling you it wouldn't do anything because it just wouldn't and when I was with him I know why because when I was with him if like he hit me and the cops got called I would lie for him I was under the same influence my kids were and as as time went on I realized it and I got out of it but at the time I would lie for him like no he didn't do that this is not from him. Nosy neighbors, you know, like I would be like, those nosy neighbors, they I can't believe they called the cops. He didn't do anything to me. And because I loved him and I didn't want him to go to jail. And I thought it was my fault anyway, you know, and the kids would be the same way. They'd be like, well, dad does his best to buy food. and Or they would, if they were asked, like, how often they eat, they would say they eat good and that they eat well and that he buys food. Just the fridge is empty right now because he hasn't gone grocery shopping. They would lie for him. So there's nothing that I can do about it. I mean, they, they could set up an investigation, but what are they going to do? The kids are going to lie. He's going to completely manipulate the other person. And he's so good at it. He's manipulated judges in the past. He's manipulated... I mean, he has a rap sheet, and he still manages, he has a job at an apartment complex, which is like, how do you have that? Like, typically, I, I don't know, typically they do like, you know, background checks and stuff for some reason. I guess he's just good, but beyond that, like, I'm glad he has a job. I'm glad he's able to like buy things for the kids, but he doesn't buy groceries, so it's not like... You know, he's doing anything really for the kids that needs to be done. I just want them out. I just want them out of that house. And I'm scared for them. I'm scared for their well-being. In the meantime, I'm just staying positive And I know it's in God's hands. And I'm praying. I'm constantly praying. And I'm ignoring his uh, accusations and attempts at, you know, really attacking me. My kids... Like, they were here the whole week, so they know that I didn't drink alcohol, but they only think that, you know, like, he tells them, like, oh, she only doesn't do it when you're around because she doesn't want you reporting it back to me, which is stupid to even tell your kids because they're, they're little spies. I mean, he does do that. He asks them, like, what was your mom doing? What were you over there? And then he'll also say, like, you don't know what she does when you're sleeping. You put things in kids' heads they're, they're just going to have this skewed perspective. But either way, I did I don't drink. So obviously they saw that I didn't drink when they were here. So at least, like, at least as time goes on, consistency is important. And they see that I don't talk crap about him. And even though he tells them, and I don't know how this is possible, he does this. He, he has them believing and truly believing that he doesn't talk crap about me but he still can talk crap about me to them like I don't know how this is possible it's, it's usually indirectly like well if your mom really cared then she would be here right now or if your mom really cared but it's not like your mom hates you she doesn't love you you know she abandoned you 
It's things that make them think that without directly telling them. So it's constant negativity and barragement and manipulations, but at the expense of, you know, them loving me and trusting me and, and believing me as a person and as their mom and respecting me as their mom. Um, but at the same time, he's like, you know, I don't talk crap about your mom, right? And they're like, yeah, of course not, Dad. You've never said anything mean or bad about her. And that bothers me. It just bothers me that he's able to influence them. Yet they don't even know they're being influenced. Um, so today's like little episode was more venting than anything. Um, I just, I was just venting and trying to, to get my feelings out and try to figure out, you know, what I'm going to do, how I'm going to stay positive and just work through it by talking about it. That's always something, a positive way to get your feelings out is by talking about it. Um, again, I don't, I don't want to trash talk my ex because that's not what I was here to do. And uh, there's reasons for the way he's the way he is. He was raised terribly by, you know, people who did the same thing that he's doing to my kids. Um, and worse, and even worse, there was terrible, terrible things that happened to him as a kid. And he never recovered. And he has so much pain and things from that. And he's just, he's a shell of a person, I believe. Um, but he's also an adult and makes adult decisions. And he, you know, he's influencing my kids, so I need them out. But I don't hate him. I have a lot of hurt from him, a lot of hurt, but I don't hate him. I don't hate anyone. I don't think I can hate anyone. I just wish he would stop hurting me with my kids because I don't understand why they can't just love me and love him. Like, I don't understand why, why that's so difficult, you know? Or he could just stop talking bad about me to them and let them decide for themselves because I know that I'm a good parent and that I am there for them when I can't be. I can't be as financially there for them as, you know, he asks for me for money all the time. When I have it, I give it to him, but um, I do things for him too. Like I put him on my insurance because he wanted me to and, you know, he screwed me over there, but um, I still, I. I don't, I just want to be civil with him, you know, like, I don't hate him, I just want to be able to talk about the kids, you know, how, how did they do in school, how are they doing in school, what are they doing, do they want to come over this weekend, you know, and for him, it's either get back with him and suffer at his hand, because he still, he still wants me back, which is weird, because he could talk so much trash about me, but yet, want me back. Um, and he still tries to manipulate that. I won't even go into details on that. He still tries to manipulate to get me back. Uh, one of the things that he said that just puzzles me to no end is like, you do realize that the only reason that I have the kids or one of the only reasons that I uh, have the kids and wouldn't let you have them is because I know that you wouldn't, you wouldn't come around. You wouldn't want to see me. You would just drop the kids off, you know, for me to see them and then, you wouldn't come around, but if I have the kids, then you, and I tell you that you have to come here to see the kids, then, um, you would have to see me, so he thought that would flatter me, and I, I was like, oh my god, you are, how do you think, how do you think that that's gonna flatter me, like, the only reason you have the kids so you could see me, so you could control me into seeing you, you can be around me because I don't like being around you because of all your negativity and how you make me feel as a person. How is, how is that a thing? And in his mind, he was like smiling. Like that was the biggest compliment. And yet right now he, he and I, he knows that I don't have any romantic feelings for him. So he's taking it out on me because I flat out, like I couldn't let him think that any longer 
I wasn't manipulating him, but I wasn't trying to get him to hate me. But then I got it got to a point where he was really pushing the issue of wanting me back. And I told him, look, I'm cool with being your friend. We can be civil around each other. But I can't date you. I can't go back out with you. And I can't even try to make this work. I can't be with you. And he was just so mean back. Like, you're ugly anyways. I would never want to be with you. Like, why would you even think that? I was only saying that because, you know, I felt sorry for you because you're never going to get anybody and you're too ugly to ever end up with somebody. It just, it hurt. Um, so that's where I'm at, guys. I have a few more minutes I'm going to talk because this, this timer is almost up. Sorry, I had a phone call. I apologize. Um, so it's not like you guys went without me talking because I paused it and then I'm talking again. So I don't know why I apologize every time, but I lose my train of thought. I think that's why I apologize because I'm like, I'm sorry that I'm all of a sudden talking about something different in this moment and you don't know what happened in between. So that's what it was. I had a phone call. So, um, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. And as I was talking to you guys about this, by the way, um, I kind of developed a solution for income. So I feel a little bit, you know, um, better about the situation and, um, and I'm just going to do my best. I'm going to save up and I'm going to get my kids and I'm going to I'll get a lawyer. I'm going to do that first because I'm going to get a lawyer. Then I'm going to get my kids and they're going to be deprogrammed so they don't grow up to be um, bad people and see their dad every, you know, whenever. I, I do believe once I have my kids in my physical custody, he's not going to come around think that uh he's going to tell the kids that I don't let him see them etc etc um but I'm going to prove to the kids like I'm going to be like on the phone with him like uh when do you want to see your kids you know and he he'll still communicate with them I'm sure like on messenger and stuff like that and try to convince them that I'm a bad person. But in person, I think after time of deprogramming and getting it, they'll finally get it. But I gotta get them out of there. It's just, they're not living their best life. And um, so that's my goal. Um, if anybody has an Id any ideas on helping me get to that goal faster, that would be amazing. And it would help me more than you would know. Um, but I, I'm going to trust God and I'm going to do the best that I can. And I'm, I'm just going to keep looking at the light at the end of the tunnel and I'm going to be positive and I'm going to believe in myself and I'm going to believe that my kids still have a chance and that they're not going to be bad people and that, um, they can still be turned around and influenced in a positive direction and um, most of this was just me venting but I hope that you guys also got something out of it like you see I'm human I have hardships beyond you know like just little things like this is real this is raw this is me um, talking about something that really hurts me that something that is really deep that's hard for me to talk about without crying so I've just been really trying to hold my composure through all of this and I failed a few times but basically you know this is me at my low and even at this low I still push through and I still fight because if I stop fighting then I lose it's, I, I don't get anything from not pushing through. Like if I, if I started being negative, I lose. So I'm going to fight and I'm going to fight with positivity and I'm going to win. And any situation that you're in, the same thing. You can fight a negative situation with positivity and you will win because light always outshines darkness. 
it's just true. No matter what, if you turn out a light, or if you turn off the lights in your room, and there's no lights, it's dark in there, but you light a light, it's there's going to be light. Darkness cannot overcome light. Light overcomes darkness. That's just, that's just the way it is. So even though there's more darkness, like a whole room could be dark, but you set a little flame and it you see a bigger portion in the room. Like you sort of you get a flashlight or even a little light bulb lights up an entire room where the whole room was dark. Like how I don't know however many square foot or whatever, like whatever. Or cubic feet because it would be the whole room. But it would be the whole room is dark, but one little light bulb lights up a whole room. You know, like thing that that's just pretty amazing so I'm gonna think of it positively I'm gonna keep fighting I'm gonna keep positive I'm gonna keep doing me and I'm gonna win and you guys need to think of it that way too you guys can push through you can be you you can do you you can be the best you and even at your low you still have something to look to you still have a light at the end of the tunnel you have to have a plan I have a plan you have to have a plan. If you're in a bad situation and you don't have a plan, you're just going to stay stuck there. You have to figure it out. Do everything that you can to figure it out. Ask people for help if you need to. Um, I typically don't like doing that myself um, because I feel like I am responsible and I feel like I need to do it. But if, if worse comes to worse, I mean, it's about my kids. If someone wants to help me, I'm not going to reject it. I would actually take monetary help at this point even though I normally wouldn't because I know that it's a way for me to help or to get me closer to my kids and that's all I care about right now the only thing that um I won't do is something that goes against my morals you know like I won't I won't sell drugs I won't like I'm just I'm not going to hurt people that's the number one thing actually selling drugs is actually under hurting people although I would never sell drugs I absolutely 100% under no circumstances want to hurt people to get my kids back I just want to get my kids back so I will do anything short of hurting people or selling drugs or selling myself my body um pretty pretty much anything else to get my kids back so and I'll work as hard as I have to in my current situation with my medical stuff going on it's hard but I I'm gonna figure it out so there it is you guys what to do in the worst situation of your entire life and how to overcome it and you guys are going to stay with me on this journey because y'all are going to see the steps I take in overcoming it. And this is me at my low, but y'all are going to be still be there at my high and you're going to see the transformation. You're going to see I made the plan, I followed through, I stuck with it, I stayed positive. And at the end of all this, you're going to see that I, I did it, I won. And that positivity wins and you're going to be affected by that because you're going to know that in any situation positivity can win because mine is pretty pretty rough it was to some it would seem hopeless but I have hope so spread love light and positivity I gotta get dinner on the table thank you so much for listening and I love you guys bye